0: This morning, you asked for it, the Holy Spirit. Let me invite your attention to Romans chapter 8. As we get ready to launch into God's Word, let me ask you a couple of questions in your walk. Is the Lord pleased with your walk with Him? And But also, do you ever find yourself struggling when you pray in the Christian life? Romans chapter 8, the Bible says this, that uh, in reference to the Holy Spirit, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Uh, there are going to be times in the Christian life you're going to make sure you're going to be pleasing unto Christ. There are going to be other times you're going to find yourself struggling to pray, but you're going to rely on the Holy Spirit to intercede for you as he groans for us too deep for words. Uh, there was one night, angel and I were at home, and... We got a phone call, and someone who was real dear to us were in the area. We didn't realize they were going to be there. They stopped by our house. We had a great time of fellowship. We hadn't seen them in a while. And as we were talking, we just invited them to say, why don't you guys just spend the night with us? They were looking to get a hotel in the area, and we said, save yourself some money and uh, just stay with us. We got plenty of room. It would be an honor to have you here. And again, we weren't expecting this couple to be there. And so they agreed to do so, and we told them up front, hey, if you guys are willing to stay tonight, we've got a commitment for about two or three hours that we need to go to, and then we're going to be back, and we can spend more time together. They said that'd be great. They knew they dropped by just unannounced, and so we were delighted that they were there. And so when we get ready to leave, we said to this sweet couple in our lives, you just make yourselves at home, and we'll see you just in a little bit. So we go do our commitment, and about two or three hours later, we come back. And so we walk in the door. We didn't see the couple. And uh, so we looked in the living room. They were not there. We looked in the kitchen. They were not there. Uh, we looked in out on the back deck. They were not there. We even looked in their room. They were not there. We found them in our our bedroom. It was a little weird, so we walked in the bedroom. And she was in the closet trying on Angie's clothes. and And he was sitting in a chair looking at our tax returns. And I said, you know, what are you guys up to? And they said, well, we just wanted to see how much money you made and how much you gave to the Lord's work. And I said, but that's real personal stuff. And he said, but yeah, when you left, though, you told us to make ourselves at home. And I said, well, I didn't really mean it that way. Now, to put your mind at ease, the couple did stop by unannounced. We did invite them to stay at our house. And uh, we did tell them to make themselves at homes, but the good news is they were not in our closet. He was not looking at our tax return. They did not do that. Here's what happens in life. We're living life. The Holy Spirit convicts us about the Lord Jesus Christ and His sacrificial death and His glorious resurrection. And we turn from our sin and we put our trust in Christ and He changes us. And here's the good news. The Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us. And in many ways, because the Spirit is living in and through us, we ultimately say, make yourself at home in our lives. And then here's what the Holy Spirit does. Your walk with me is not pleasing to me. That addiction in your life, you need to be free from that. You're not giving to my work the way I desire for you to give. And that bitterness that you're holding against that person where you're unwilling to forgive him or her, that needs to change. And then what do we say? Well, Lord, I wanted Jesus as my Savior. I want to know I'm going to heaven. But the Holy Spirit, that's a little too personal for me. But the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you and me as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And He wants to have His way in us. Here's what I know about the Holy Spirit. If you're a born-again believer, you have the presence of the Holy Spirit living in your life. But very few born-again believers ever experience the power of the Holy Spirit in the Christian life. It's one of the most neglected subjects that you will find in God's Word. Why are so many people living defeated and discouraged and down and out in life? Many reasons, but one is they simply don't understand who the Holy Spirit is, how the Holy Spirit works, and what He desires to do in and through us. That's why this message is so critical. There are people in this room or people probably watching. You look at your life and you say, I'm just a nobody in life. I don't even know if God cares about me, but let me, please understand this statement. If you're a born again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not a nobody. You are a somebody. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity lives inside of you. You're not a nobody. You're precious in the sight of God. I was watching an interview one day and a lady was interviewing a political candidate and, and I always like to see what kind of questions they're going to ask these candidates. And this particular interviewer was asking this guy a question and she said to him, what books are you reading? And so he gave some answers to that. Here's some books I'm reading. Fascinating question. If you walked into my study and I've got a lot of books in there and you're welcome anytime. There's some books that I've read in there that would tell you a lot because what someone is reading, what someone recently read tells you a lot about that person's heart, that person's interest, but also his or her personality. If you walked into my study, I've been reading a book about experiencing revival, Charles Finney. I've been reading a book by, by V. Raymond Edmond. It's about they found the secret. I've been reading a book about secret power, reference to Dwight L. Moody. All of those books are referencing the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because here's what I know. If you're going to live the abundant life of Christ, you're going to please Almighty God in your life you're going to serve Him to your utmost ability and glorify Him, then you need to know who the Holy Spirit is, you need to know how the Holy Spirit works, and you need to know what the Holy Spirit desires. And that's what I desire to walk through this morning in this series. You asked for it. I'm going to do some apologetics. Many of you ask about apologetics as well during this series. I'm going to do some of that here toward the end as well. So talking about the Holy Spirit and how do you engage people in gospel conversations with the Holy Spirit's leadership? So let me invite your attention. Number one, who is the Holy Spirit? As you and I think about who the Holy Spirit is, one of the things that you will do if you're in a job interview or you're in a university classroom or you're in a leadership meeting, it's oftentimes somebody's going to say, let's go around the room and introduce ourselves. I want you to tell a little about yourself, your family, your marriage, your kids, whatever age you are. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, your interest. And so you would do that. But the question this morning is, who is the Holy Spirit? So let's listen to what the Word of God says in the book of Acts. Let me just start there because I'm going to give you a lot of Scripture references. In the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 3, it says, He presented Himself alive to them. Church, I want you to know today, Jesus Christ, He died on the cross. He was buried in a tomb, but He is not dead. Jesus Christ is alive. Glory to God in that. So he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. We need to be speaking about the kingdom of God as well. And then he said to those in that room, here's what he said, but go, but wait for the promise of the father. What's the promise of the father? It's the Holy Spirit. Then he came around in verse 8. He says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the other most parts of the world. How are you going to do that? Well, the Holy Spirit is going to give you power to do that. Then in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So when you come to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you. But as a believer in Christ, as a child, as a student, as an adult, let me ask you, are you filled with the Holy Spirit of Jesus? here's what you see in the Bible when the Holy Spirit when believers were filled with the Holy Spirit their lives radically changed they were courageous they were clear they were convictional their lives radically changed because they were living and serving by the power of the Holy Spirit in life so are you filled with the Holy Spirit of Christ in your life so who is the Holy Spirit? Let me give you these answers here. Number one, the Holy Spirit is a person. As you and I think about this idea of Him being a person, there are many people you're going to meet in in life. They're going to have a conversation with you about the Holy Spirit. But here's what they're going to say. You're going to have people at times who are going to knock on your doors, trying to present you a spiritual conversation. And here's what they're going to say about the Holy Spirit. They're going to say He is an it, He is a force, or He is an influence. Now, I have some pet peeves in life, and even in the spiritual life, one of those is it's, it's Psalm 1. It's not Psalms 1, it's just singular, Psalm 1. If you're talking about all 150 Psalms, then Psalms, but it's Psalm 1, Psalm 2. Also, the book of Revelation is not Revelations, it's Revelation. But also, when you refer to the Holy Spirit, He is not an it, He is a person. Makes all the difference in the world. But they're going to knock on your door and they're going to say he is an it, he is a force, or he is an influence. But I want you to know this. The Holy Spirit of God is a person. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Now you say, well, how do we know that? Well, I want to give you some insight. When you, and we're going to get to this in a moment. When, when you think about the Holy Spirit as a person, you need to know this. Pay attention to the pronouns in God's Word. John chapter 14, John chapter 15, John chapter 16. We're going to see this in a moment when the Holy Spirit is referenced. is never in it, It's never a force. It's never an influence. The personal pronoun, he or him, is referenced. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is a person. Also, when you think about the Holy Spirit being a person, pay attention to the pronouns, but also pay attention to the attributes of life. When you think about being a person, you have certain attributes. You're you're a human being. So when you think about your life, you have emotions. You have an intellect. You have knowledge. But also you have a will. You have decision-making capacities. That distinguishes us as human beings. We have emotions. We make decisions. We have knowledge. But when you look at the Word of God in reference to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a person because you and I can quench or grieve the Holy Spirit the holy spirit has emotions when you look in first corinthians chapter 2 verse 11 what does the bible say there the holy spirit has an intellect he has knowledge but in first corinthians chapter 12 verse 11 a little bit later the bible's going to reference there that the holy spirit has a will he makes decisions so everything from the pronouns to the attributes say this the holy spirit is a person number 2 the holy spirit is at work when you think about the Holy Spirit, He's a person, but the Holy Spirit is also at work. And here's what I mean by that. How's He at work in your life? How's He at work in my life? How's He at work in the fellowship of our church? In my, in my Christian life and leadership, I've served on various search committees over the years for leaders from the associational level to the state level. And, and, and one of them, we have 15 people on a search committee. How can you ever get 15 people to agree on a search committee? You know how you can find unity? It is the work of the Holy Spirit among those people. For we come together and say, we agree that this is God's man for this role, for this leadership position. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. When you look around the world and you see the persecuted church, you see those brothers or sisters in Christ enduring persecution, hardship, prison, beatings, all of those. How do they do that? They do that because the Holy Spirit is at work in their lives. When you see a natural disaster and Southern Baptist disaster relief, we show up and we meet the needs, physical needs of people, but also we're sharing the gospel and people are getting saved. How do we do that? We do that because the Holy Spirit is at work. As you and I think about our church and we see baptisms happening, giving happening, people going around the world, we're on mission, lives are being changed. How does that happen? It happens because the Holy Spirit of God is at work. And so, when you think about who is the Holy Spirit, please understand He is a person, but the Holy Spirit is also at work. How's the Holy Spirit at work in your life? Tuesday, Angie and I celebrated thirty-six years of marriage, as I said last week. We had a real expensive dinner on Tuesday night. We ended up at dinner at the Cracker Barrel, great place. We just said we we need some vegetables. We need some kind of home cooking. We find ourselves at the good old Cracker Barrel and the Lord sends this lady to our table to to serve us and to help us and all of a sudden we just sense the leadership of the Holy Spirit to minister to her. And we, we talked to her about her life. We talked to her about her school. We talked to her about where she lived. And then we talked to her about our church. Then we talked to her about praying with her and for her. And she was very specific how we could pray to her and minister to her. And we did those very things, seeking to edify and lift up the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we were sitting there that night at dinner, the Holy Spirit just led us to say, you bless this young lady financially before you leave. And she came back to our table. And we said the Lord Jesus has been so good to us and thank you for letting us pray for you with you thank you for just sharing your needs with us and we just sensed the Holy Spirit leading us to do and we did this that's the work of the Holy Spirit folks do I miss a lot of opportunities do we miss a lot of- yeah absolutely we do but somewhere I just ask you the Holy Spirit who is he he's a person but also he is at work how's he at work in and through your life How's he doing that? Look at number two. How does the Holy Spirit work? Romans chapter 8, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. You and I don't want to set our minds on the things of the flesh. We want to set our minds on the things of the Spirit. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. We want to have the mind and the attitude of Almighty God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to say in this passage, For To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Folks, I want life, but I want peace in life. And if you're going to have that, how does the Holy Spirit work? Well, you're going to have to set your mind on who He is. One of the things I love to do in life and leadership is just ask questions to people. Be around wonderful leaders and just say, can I ask you a couple of questions, three questions, because I respect you, I respect your leadership, and I respect what God's doing in and through you, and I'd like to learn from you. Well, this is an important question. How does the Holy Spirit work? And so I want to give you some insight to that because we want to set our minds on the Spirit, not on the flesh. So let me give you some insight. I encourage you to write these down. We're going to go back to the Gospel of John to give you the answers for these. But number one, how does the Holy Spirit work? He teaches. Listen to what God's Word says because I want the Word to speak. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Again, He's not left us as orphans, He's not left us comfortless. He is sending us a helper, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, who is going to be in us and work his life through us. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Folks, I've sat under some amazing teachers in my Christian life. Godly folks who had the mind of Christ and great intellect and insight into the Word of God. But I want to find myself sitting under the teachings of the Holy Spirit. What does He want to teach me? Because when I sit under the teaching of the Holy Spirit, He is going to teach me how to understand His Word. He's going to teach me how to pray. He's going to teach me how to be used of God in witnessing. He's going to teach me how to live the Christian life. Are you sitting under the teaching of the Holy Spirit in your life? Ask the Lord to speak into your life because what, how, what does He do and how does He work? Well, one, He teaches, but also in that He brings to remembrance all that I have said to you. So if you find yourself in a witnessing situation, you rely on the Holy Spirit because He's teaching you about Christ, but He's going to help you remember what you've been able to study. So when you're witnessing and sharing the gospel, rely on the Holy Spirit's work. He is a teacher, but He will help you remember what you need to say when you're witnessing to other people. So I just encourage you, sit under some great teachers, but make sure you're sitting under the teaching of the Holy Spirit, someone who's preaching and teaching God's Word, who's relying on the Spirit, presence, and power, but who's leading you to understand, here's how the Holy Spirit works. He is a teacher. Number two, the Word is convicts. The Holy Spirit convicts. Let me give you this insight here from God's Word. John chapter 16, verse 8. And again, notice the pronouns. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. When's the last time the Holy Spirit convicted you of your sin? Here's how the Holy Spirit works. If you're a a non-believer. You've never put your faith and trust in Christ at this point. The Holy Spirit will convict you of your lostness and your need for the Lord Jesus. Not to do good works and not to give money, but your need for Christ. The one who lived a perfect sinless life, who died on a cross, buried in a tomb, gloriously raised on the third day. Who is alive, who ascended back to the Father one day, who is coming again. The Holy Spirit will convict you to give your life to Jesus Christ as Savior. When I was 12 years old, sitting on those basement steps, I just didn't feel bad. I was convicted by the Holy Spirit in my life. Folks, we don't talk about conviction much in our churches. That's why it's one of the most neglected subjects in the Christian life, the Holy Spirit. But He convicts of sin. Those who are believers, when's the last time the Holy Spirit convicted you about sin in your life? You shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have responded that way. Does the Holy Spirit ever convict you in your life? If you are a believer, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. He is going to convict you of sin. That's how He works. But also as a church, how is it convicting us? Because we're not focused on the main things. We get sidetracked with some secondary issues. The Holy Spirit will convict us to say, you need to make sure Jesus remains your first love as a church. Don't abandon your first love. Repent, do what you did at first. That is the work of the Holy Spirit in the body of believers, the church. And so we cry out all the time, God send revival. God send a spiritual awakening. Listen, God would do that, but it's not going to be because of a musician or a preacher stirs the emotions of people. We could see revival and spiritual awakening when the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin and we repent of that. Then God will move. You just look in the history of our nation and around the world. 1857, New York City. 1904, Wales. Or 1970 in Wilmore, Kentucky. God moved in those times and seasons. Why? Because the Holy Spirit convicted people of sin. They confessed that and God moved in amazing life-changing ways. He can do it again because He convicts. Number three, He guides. As you look at God's word again, look in in John chapter 16, verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are to come. The Holy Spirit will guide you in the Christian life. So, So how are you relying on the spirit of Christ to guide you? We're all making decisions. We're all at forks in the road. We're all going to go this way or that way. How do we rely on the Holy Spirit? He lives on the inside of us, those of us who are believers. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But how do we rely on His guidance? He will never mislead you, deceive you, or lead you down the wrong path. How does He do that? Let me give you these words. One is peace. If you're lacking peace about a decision, be extremely careful in making that decision. He's not the God of confusion. He's the God of peace. And when God speaks to you and gives you direction, there will be peace in your life about that. Second, God's word. The Holy Spirit is never going to disagree with the word of God. If you say the Spirit's leading me to do this and it's clearly against the principles of God's Word, you're not relying on the leadership of the Holy Spirit. He will always agree with what God the Father says in the Word. Trust God's Word. Number three is wisdom. James chapter 1 verse 5, any of you like wisdom, you ask God, He'll give it to you. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you're relying not on your wisdom, but the wisdom of Christ in life. You're... You're making decisions with the mind of the Lord Jesus in your life. And then number four, other people. When he's going to guide you, you have other people around you, godly men and women who love God, who know the truth of God's word, who love you, who want you to be in the center of God's will. So when you have those people into your life, you will get affirmation for them, at times correction from them, but you want them to say, is this how the Holy Spirit is leading me or leading us in life? Holy Spirit to do that. Let me give you two situations in our lives. Again, just giving you examples. I want to be transparent with you how the Holy Spirit works. I remember a time, it's been about 30 years ago, Ange and I were driving down the road one day, and we were driving past this church facility, and we always talk about ministry and the work of God. I mean, if you are ever with us in the car, our primary conversation is about the work of God in the church and what's He doing and so we're driving down the road, and we were just talking about ministry, and I saw this church facility, knew this church well, and I just said, one day, if I could ever pastor this church, then that would be amazing from God to be able to do that. Well, you just fast forward probably 15, 20 years. One day I get a phone call. It's the chairman of the pastor search committee from that church. I'd said 10, 15 years earlier. if I could ever pastor that church, that would be amazing that God would allow me to do that. So the chairman of the search committee says, we'd like to talk to you about becoming our next senior pastor. We agreed to meet with them in another city, different where that church is at. We met with them and they said, we just believe God wants us to call you as our next senior pastor. But here's the problem. 10 or 15 years earlier, here's a statement I made. But when I'm in that room, I leave the room. There is no peace of God to do that. In the flesh, absolutely, I'd love to do that. But in the spirit, I have to say, and I said to that chairman, God is not leading me to do that, and I have to say no to that. See, in the flesh, we would have done that, but in the spirit, we said no, because there was no peace in the midst of that. We looked at God's word, we sought wisdom, and we sought other people. Just no peace. We did not move forward. I met with another pastor search committee. And, and wonderful people, lovely people. We, we fell in love with those people on that committee. We were having dinner one night with them in another city. And, and so they, they were looking to say, when are you going to come and be our pastor? Give us a date. When are you going to do that? And I kept saying, I can't give you a date. And so when are you going to come? I can't give you a date. When are you going to go? I can't do that. And then here's the thing. As I interacted with that search committee and about moving forward, it was a, it was a great opportunity. to Appreciate the people. Lovely search committee it was the Holy Spirit spoke into my life so clearly and some people ask me at times have you ever heard God audibly speak and the answer is no and here's my next response no I've never heard him speak audibly just louder than that and I'll never forget that night I was was there with that group I mean it was clear as could be and here's what the Holy Spirit said into my life Holy Spirit said to my life if you do that it will not end well. An amazing warning in my life and our lives. Clear as ever if you do that, it will not end well. And I said to the chairman of the committee, I Love you guys. Thank God for you. But the answer is no. The Holy Spirit is not giving us peace and leadership. To do that and folks I could tell you the rest of the story and when I look to this day as I stand here this morning I just want to say praise almighty God because he protected Angie and me in an amazing wonderful way only the Holy Spirit could do that the work of God what does he do? he'll teach us what does he do? he'll guide us but he'll convict us but number four, glorifies. The Holy Spirit glorifies. Now, look at this next part. John chapter 16, verse 14. He, talking about the Holy Spirit, will glorify. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and will declare it to you. The Holy Spirit will glorify the Son. The Holy Spirit will always glorify the Lord Jesus. Let me give you a couple of warnings, church in this room and whoever's watching around the world. Be careful in the Christian life if your desire is to stand in the spotlight. Be careful. Be careful if you're following a leader whose desire is to stand in the spotlight. Folks, the spotlight doesn't shine on us. The spotlight shines on him. He must increase. We must decrease. He will use us as leaders. Praise the Lord for that. But the glory, the spotlight always goes to the Lord Jesus Christ. When you look at the role of the Holy Spirit again, He's going to bring glory to the Son. I remember another church I was pastoring in, in the Baptist hymnal on page 249. There's a song there. Yeah, and we just finally got where we wouldn't sing it anymore in worship, even though it's in the Baptist hymnal. We wouldn't sing it because of the third stanza. And it just, Spirit, glorify thy name in all the earth. Spirit, we love you, we adore you, we worship you. Glorify thy name in all the earth. Yada That's not the role of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, nowhere in God's Word, is going to glorify His name in all the earth. He's going to glorify the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the Lord Jesus. And so we just couldn't sing that Him because that's not the role of the Holy Spirit. Glorifies Jesus. That's exactly what John chapter 16 talks about. Number three, what does the Holy Spirit desire? If I ask you today what the Holy Spirit desired, how could you please Him? As we look in Romans, in Romans chapter chapter eight, what does He say in there about pleasing Him? You need to please the Lord. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Are you pleasing Him? How How do you please your boss at work? How do you please your parents? How do you and I please God? And He's very clear here about about not living according to the flesh, but living according to the Spirit. That's how we're going to please Him. How are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Let me give you these words, these questions. I want you to write these in, and I'm going to close this message. Number one, are you overcoming temptation? When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to be victorious over temptation. Jesus was tempted, but he did not sin. When you're tempted, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so you can overcome temptation in your life. Number two, are you following the Holy Spirit? Again, he's going to lead you to grow in intimacy with the Lord Jesus. He's going to glorify the Lord Jesus. Are you following the Spirit in your life? Not following the flesh, but following the Spirit. That's what Paul is talking about in Romans chapter 8. Number three, are you growing in the Father? He talks about Abba, Father. He is a daddy to you and me. Are you growing in relationship to him? The Holy Spirit will always lead you and me to grow in faithfulness and intimacy with Almighty God. Number four, are you abiding in Jesus Christ? You abide in Him and He abides in you. Apart from Jesus, you can do nothing, but with Jesus you can do all things. So are you abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ? Number five, are you depending on the Holy Spirit? Are you depending on Him? Apart from apart from Him, again, you can do nothing. I meet people all the time who say, Well, I'll give my life to Jesus when I can live the Christian life. You'll never give your life to Jesus then. Because every one of us in this room, you can't live the Christian life. I can't live the Christian life on my own. I can't serve the Lord Jesus on my own. I can't understand the Word of God on my own. I have to be dependent on the Holy Spirit of God to do those things. You do as well. It's essential in the Christian life. We can't do those on our own. We rely on the Holy Spirit and life. Now, let me do a little apologetics here and we'll finish. There was a day when Angie and I lived in this, in this townhouse, in this condo, and so when we uh, would go up a steep hill, and then we'd have to make a sharp left-hand turn, and then when we made a sharp left-hand turn, we could see our front door. And so we're, we're coming home one afternoon, and we go up the hill, and then we make this sharp left-hand turn, and when we looked down the street and we could see our front door in our driveway, there were two sharp-dressed people walking to our front door. And I told Angie, this is going to be a great afternoon now. It's exciting. Let's get on. We can't wait to get there. So we pull in the driveway, get out. I introduce myself, introduce Angie, and they introduce himself and herself. Frank and Kathy were standing in our driveway. And I said, I'm I'm glad you guys stopped by. How can we help you all? And so they wanted to have a spiritual conversation with us. And then they wanted to give us some information. I said, you know, I, I'm really interested in spiritual things. I'd, I'd be interested to know what, you, what you're what you interested in, what you want to talk about. So they asked me a question, and I tried to give them an answer. And they thought I was really, really interested. And so I gave them an answer. And then I turned around and asked them a question. And so Frank, is he's got the Bible out now that they were using so he's coming through the bible and i ask him a very specific question and he's looking around there and he's trying to find it and and then finally he gets to the concordance in the back and he's looking in there and he finally turns to a passage and i see what it is and i said to him i said frank i'm going to be transparent with you and honest the question i ask you you're not going to find the answer in that passage you're going to find the answer in john chapter 11 and the conversation changed and so then I said I, I appreciate you guys coming by but I said but I'd like to ask you all a few questions if you don't mind. And so they said well what questions would you ask and I said I want to ask you 3. And then let's see where we are. Question number 1, who is Jesus? And I said to him, who is Jesus? Is he the son of God? Is Jesus God? And Frank spoke up and he gave an answer that Jesus wasn't God and he used a verse. And I said, Frank, the only problem is you took that verse out of context. That's not what that verse means. And I went over some Greek words and some texts with him. Again, not to know it all, just trying to be faithful to God's word. And I said, that's not what it is. When you think about Jesus, he is the Son of God, but he is also God. Second question. Who is the Holy Spirit? And then I asked them, Frank and Kathy, standing there in our driveway. Is the Holy Spirit a person? And here's what Kathy said. Holy Spirit's not a person. The Holy Spirit is a force. And so I looked at Frank. I said, Frank, are you a person? Well, yes, I'm a person. Kathy, are you a person? Yes, I'm a person. I said, what distinguishes you as a person? And then I went over the same thing I just talked to you earlier about. Well, if you're a person, you've got emotions, you've got intellect, and you've got a will. And I said, Frank and Kathy, when you look at the Word of God... Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 says we can grieve the Holy Spirit of God. He has an emotion. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11 says he has an intellect. He has knowledge. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 11 says he has a will. He makes decisions. Frank and Kathy just as you are real people the Holy Spirit is a person. And then they finally got their stuff together and said we need to be going. And uh, I said well before you go wouldn't you want to know the Lord Jesus Christ in your life? Wouldn't you want to know that you're going to spend eternity in heaven? And when you die, wouldn't you want to know that you're going to see Jesus face to face? And they left. And they never gave me their information. And then thirdly, I was disappointed because I never got to ask my third question to them. And you say, what was the third question? The third question was, how does a person go to heaven? I want to make much of the Lord Jesus in that encounter. Let me ask you this question. What is the Holy Spirit doing in and through your life? What's he doing in and through your life? You look at your school. What's he doing in your school? You look in your workplace. What is he doing in and through your life in your workplace? Your neighborhood. What is he doing in and through your life in your neighborhood? You think about this church. What is he doing in and through your life in this church? You think about your family. What is the Holy Spirit doing in and through your family, in your life? What is the Holy Spirit doing in your life? This is who he is. This is how he works. And this is what he desires. Here's what I pray for all of us in this room, those watching. Oh, there can be some people who say to us in the neighborhood, you guys have the most beautiful lawn in the neighborhood. Looks amazing. Oh, you're the employee of the month again and again and again. Wonderful. You're the best salesperson we've ever had in our company. Great. What is the Holy Spirit doing in your life for kingdom purposes? In your school. In your workplace. In your neighborhood. In this church. Among your family. Who are you praying for in the name of Christ? Who are you sharing the gospel with in the name of Christ? How are you meeting needs in the name of Christ? How are you discipling someone who's a believer in the name of Christ? Those are kingdom things. The Holy Spirit is going to lead you and me to do kingdom size works. To bring glory to Christ. What is the Holy Spirit doing in and through your Let's pray together this morning. This morning with heads bowed, I just want to encourage you. How's the Holy Spirit teaching you? How's the Holy Spirit convicting you? How's the Holy Spirit guiding you? And how's the Holy Spirit glorifying Jesus in and through your life? This morning, let me just focus on conviction. Conviction. If you're in this room and you're watching and the Holy Spirit convicting you that you need a relationship with Jesus. You're not going to be saved by good works. You're not going to be saved by religious deeds. You're going to be saved by surrendering your life to the Son of God who gave His life for you. Trust Jesus to be your Savior. I just encourage you this morning, right where you are, right where you are at home or around the world, or this morning in this invitation, you can come forward. As the Holy Spirit convicts you about your lostness, your need for the Lord Jesus, we want to invite you to obey the leadership of the Spirit. What about joining this church family? There are people in the room, you've been coming for weeks, months, years in this church. What's the Holy Spirit doing in your life? Is is He leading you to say, this is a Sunday, this is the day. You need to step out and you need to make a decision to connect with my body, my family. And to serve and to grow and to be used. How's the Holy Spirit convicting you in your life? Even this very moment in this invitation. Who in this room? You know Christ. You've been saved but you've never been uh, baptized with a biblical baptism. The way we see in God's word. Is the Holy Spirit convicting you that you need to take that step of obedience? Say yes to him. And then how's the Holy Spirit convicting you in other areas of your life? So that you don't take a wrong road. Get on end, end up someplace you shouldn't. How's the Holy Spirit at work in your life? Heavenly Father, we love and adore you. Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. And thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for His conviction. Thank you that His life lives in and through us. And thank you His desires to bring glory unto you. And God, today in this invitation, I pray decisions will be made and people will come to Christ under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. It will be a life-changing day in this invitation for people who say yes in obedience to you. So fall fresh on this place. God, do a work in this invitation only you could do. We've done everything that we know to do as leadership of the Holy Spirit. And God, we leave the results to you in this room or those who are watching online. Speak, Heavenly Father, through the power and presence of your Holy Spirit and change our lives, we pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together, church. This invitation to Him of the Holy Spirit, you respond this morning. Our, our staff is here. Our prayer people are here. You respond this morning. We'd love to celebrate with you. How the Holy Spirit's working in their life for the glory of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's sing together as you come.